Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today, we're going to be talking to Ricardo Lino. Ricardo had a very successful career as a pro rollerblader. He was in the front cover of various magazines such as BMAG. He featured in Daily Bread, had clips and things like the 4x4 video, and had a pro wheel from Undercover. He was also due to get a pro skate from USD, but got injured. I think he broke his leg before that happened, and that caused him to take a break from blading. So then he pursued fixed gear bikes for several years before coming back into the sport. And then he got involved with Power Slide. And I think he was doing some kind of marketing for them. Started a YouTube channel and things just blew up from there. He has a ton of subscribers. And some of his videos have over, I think it's like 530,000 views one of his videos has. So it seems like he's just going from strength to strength with it. As a result, he then got a new job with Micro Skates. He has started his own skate shop, which, oh God, it's called Lino Life or Lino Shop or, oh, I'm really annoyed at myself for forgetting this. It's got Lino in the name and he's moved back home to Portugal from South Africa got a shop space where he's got all the stock and he's currently building his own skate park so I just wanted to talk to him about how he got back into the sport after taking a break from it how things are going now that he's living back in Portugal how things are going with the shop and micro and why he's building his own skate park you know aside from just the sheer joy of having a skate park that is your own private facility and just find out what he's got planned for the future before we do that, though, cue the music. The platform, platform, platform. The platform, platform, platform. The platform, platform, platform. The platform, 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 platform. When I said dress sexy, you you took that literally. That's that is a, a solid outfit you've got going on there. You look like um, you're looking like Leon from the from the sniper film. You're that's that is a that's a stealth look. <laughs> I was at home, man. I was just putting my daughter down. Let me get a coffee. You you recording anything already? Uh, I'm recording it, but yeah, go and grab a coffee. Let me get a coffee. Let me get a coffee. Let's do this. <laughs> a coffee at 10 o'clock at night. You're a brave man. Dude, I, I'm the worst. You know that? I must. I don't know if I'm the only person feeling like this, but I don't really feel like the caffeine does anything. Honestly. Okay. At least at that, like it doesn't make me not sleep. Right. If I have more than like two or three coffees a day, I'll, I'll feel like physically sick and my heart will just start racing. I can't, I'll have one in the morning, but yeah, maybe two at a stretch, but never, never more than that. It's, that's a dangerous I'm the, game. I'm the worst with that. It's like, to be totally honest with you, I don't really think like the coffee does anything other than the, I really like the taste. <laughs> I think that's, that's the worst. Let me just clear it up here. Sorry. So uh, I, I don't know if you yeah. know this, but a, a few people seem to think that, that we look alike. I know that, huh? But it's your fault. You even, you even made a video starting the same way. This is, this is true. That's, that's because I just got a little bit fed up with it. I've lost count of the amount of times people have went, 
um, are you are you guys related or do, do you know that do you know that you look like him and I'm like yeah I'm aware that I'm bald we're and brothers we're brothers well now I just we're tell brothers. everyone I tell everyone you're my dad so that's just that's that's, <laughs> that's my line and I'm, I'm sticking to it from now on <laughs> so how, how have you been because it looks like you are insanely busy at the moment dude I, I it's I really love what I do, but lately it's been really hard. And it's not because I don't like what I do. It's total opposite. It's like, it's been hard because we, like the pandemic in Portugal took proportions. Like, let me just say it, that we are the country in the whole world with the most amount per of deaths per capita. Right. no one from my family or close to my family. I live in a very small town, so it's all good. It's been all good, but we're still very restricted. Um, probably one of the reasons why I am where I am right now, like physically. Yeah. But the thing is, my daughters have no school. We got two daughters. We cannot have help from anyone but me and my wife are super, super busy with our businesses, like both shops that we have and like with my YouTube channel and with my main job. So it's, it's been hard to try to keep up everything. And I was trying to work and I couldn't work more than two hours a day when usually eight hours are not enough. So I've been going mad. And now, like if it wasn't enough, <laughs> I even got like, Another one, like the building, the thing that we're building. So it's just been mad. But I was about good. to say, so, so you've got less hours than the in the day than ever before. Two small children to look after, and a dog, from what I understand as well. And you thought it and would a be cat. A, and a cat. <laughs> and you thought it would be a good idea to build your own skate park. Yes, better than ever. Reason for that being because I do not know when this pandemic is going to end or when where this is going and I need my own place to do my own things. And it's, it's for someone, think about it this way, for someone that the time is not enough for me to go, man, I want to skate. I want to be able to skate. And lately I haven't been able to skate because of the way that my life is at the moment. And it's killing me. My wife knows it. So we found, we tried to find a way to do it. It's the whole pandemic doesn't allow me to travel which I used to do a lot. Yeah. So I had to make my own place because for me to go to the city, to the next city, to be able to skate like in the little park, to film something and all that. A lot of times if I'm going to be skating for two and a half hours, it's going to take six hours of my day, like preparing whatever I'm going okay. to be doing and coming back. And so I rather have that place right here and do it whenever I want. I, obviously this is not ideal because ideal for me, it's to be able to travel but I had to find a way. So more than ever, this is the, the time. I prefer to stop everything else for a week and make yeah. it happen. So was that as in, are, are people not allowed to use public skate parks or do you just not feel comfortable doing it or are there none nearby? No, they're closed. They're closed. They're closed. At the moment, they're closed. Okay. They will open. They are closed. They will open. But like my closest park, I don't want these things that I have here to become like something that I film all the time, every time it gets boring. That's not what I want, but I want to be able to test my own things. And I want to be able to use, imagine if I use the same rail for the same type of tricks on different skates, I'll be able to give you a more 
Okay, trustable opinion. If I know that makes sense yeah. to you. And, and you'll, it's, you'll it's, notice, yeah, it, it will be easier. But for the you condition to, is yeah. the same. Yeah, the condition yeah. is the same. The exact same place where I'm going to try the exact same trick with a different skate. So the only thing different is really the skate. Then I can give you. This is obviously an example. But yeah, the parks are open. But sometimes I, I I'm gonna I try to go there and there's like imagine there's a lot of kids and I love that I I love being there with kids. But like there's a lot of kids with their parents and riding around the scooters. And if I'm trying to film something, sometimes it's hard. It's not yeah. because I don't like to be there with them. It's like if you're trying to do like the talking part of like a video or whatever, you can't do it there. So. It's and this way I can control things in a different way. So I will still go to the places that I go. I want to go to more places, obviously, but this is like a a way to do different type of stuff that I haven't been able to do. Yeah. So it's it's basically like your own controlled environment, and you can film in it wherever you want. So if you happen to get a free hour or two, you can yeah you exactly. Can uh, this way I will always get time. This way yeah. I will always get time. But I we are always transforming my old studio which is underneath my house in a room that we can have guests coming and we can organize a lot more different type of content you know okay i, I want to like bring i, I want to like imagine i can pay two pros to fly here and to make like a game of blade or a game of whatever i, I can organize content differently this way does, that's what i want to do does your wife janice know that you're you've turned your basement into a youth hostel for sweaty foreign skaters her idea oh God. Oh God. where did you find no, this woman forget. and he is a rare breed she is a, a very rare breed if she's agreeing to that now trust me if you that if you and your wife had different mother languages and if she would move to your country she would love to be able to speak her mother language with more people other than you yeah so for her like she like i told you we live in a small town if we would be living like in in lisbon as an example a lot more people would be speaking the same language as her here not that many people speak english we do speak english at home with our kids and between us obviously but sometimes you you want to talk with more people and she she was always a very communicative and very funny person that loves to enjoy life and play around and all that and sometimes it, it, it gets a bit boring if yeah. that makes sense well it's got to be tough when you go from having you know a social circle of your family and friends in south africa to then being there where our circle is just you guys <sighs> yeah and she's very close to her family and it's been like over a year that she's since she saw them the whole fam all that she has is me and the kids I still have my parents around. We don't see each other. Or we don't think it's, which is like, it's, it kills me. We move here instead of moving to any other place in the world. We could, yeah. we could have moved to any other place in the world. When we like, uh, what we thought is like, what I do, I can do it from anywhere. So let's just choose a place. And she was like, okay, why don't we move to Portugal? We can go to your parents' city. We, we still got like four or five years when we first moved until our kids until our daughter, it was one only, go to school. So we can just travel and whenever she needs to go to school, then we calm down, but we still have the help, the help from her parents. That never happened. Yeah, <laughs> it happened for like a couple of months. Yeah, that's got to suck for them as well because they, they know that their grandkids are that close and yet they can't yeah. you know, play with them. or you Yeah, know. it's uh, some people don't really care and I fully respect that. It's just 
it's the way that my parents see things. My family is a bit scared about the whole situation. I respect that. So it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, let's let's go let's go back to a more a more jolly topic. So how's the let's how's go. the skate park build going? How how long do you think it's? Because it looks like it looks like you've basically built the entire skeleton already. Yeah, it's done. Basically, the thing is, I don't know if you knew, but um, around t- twenty ten. I worked as a ramp builder for a Portuguese company called Academia dos Patins. It's owned by um, by a skater, by the Portuguese vert skater, like the first and only Portuguese vert skater. He's actually very good. Still, is he doesn't skate that often anymore, but he's still good in vert. And he started a company around '98, just doing demos. But then he had to make the ramps for his demos. He was going around all schools around the country with a project that was um, you can get that thing in your body without that thing being drugs, something like that. It was called uh, sports.com drugs.sign. Sign means without. So it was sports.wid drugs.without, something like that. Like it's a Portuguese like playing with words around yeah. that wouldn't make sense to you, but it's like a way to play around with words saying that you can do a lot of sports without using drugs and have fun. So he had that old I, project. I know, I know, I know, I know agua sin gas. I know agua con gas. I, you know, I've got basic Spanish. I don't know Portuguese, <laughs> but I know, I know basic Spanish. But it's, 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 it's very similar. It's very similar. Yeah. But the thing is, he, he started that company and that evolved to him building parks. And nowadays they're like, they're like a very big company. Okay. And I do not work with them anymore since I moved to South Africa. I had a contract with him, but I, I finished my con- I, I quit my job to move to South Africa. So these were these the people you were doing shows with? Or was that different? No, no. I was I started doing shows with them. I actually went to Angola. I actually made a video called The African Inline Experience with them. I went to Angola for the first time with them. Then right after that first trip. Um, that's, were, that's, when, that's when you abandoned them. That's when you went. I'm, I'm out of here. No, 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 not, no, 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 not yet. Okay. No, no, never. I never really abandoned like that or anything like that. So basically, I went to Angola for the first time. We, had, I really enjoyed it. Some of the guys that were with me, they didn't enjoy it as much. And one of them, which is the guy that is helping me build the park, is actually my best friend and one of my favorite skaters of all time, Samuel Dias. He was the Portuguese skating street skating champion, and they wanted the Portuguese street skating champion to go back to Angola to do some shows. They wanted the champion, but the champion didn't enjoy it as much as I did. And he was like, you know what? Why don't you go? Back then, I was actually, I was recently divorced. I've been married before Janice, and I was recently divorced, and I was like, well, I'm going from uh, (laughs) living a married life to go single it's like you know all also on money it's it's a lot tighter like you used to split everything to go everything on you so it was like just why don't you go to instead of me and i did so when i got to this show it was for a um, an energy drink called speed from angola and that energy drink was doing everything wrong basically it's like they wanted to to have a show with a lot of people Basically, they wanted to use something for marketing, for their own marketing. But instead of concentrating everything in the same day, like a concert, they were doing 
half an hour shows three times a day for 10 days. So they actually had more than 100,000 people watching the show, but it was all spreaded. So they never got that big thing they wanted. The ramps yeah. were not nicely built. They, they had no idea at all about action sports, about action sports shows or anything like that. So while I was there, I was talking to, to one of the guys that was always there. And I was actually asking that guy, like, who's organizing this? And the guy told me, that's me. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, man, but everything is wrong. I told him. This is awkward. Um... <laughs> no, no, it's true. Like, we became very good friends. He told me, like, we, we were asked to organize this type of show with this type of activities, but I don't know enough. Would you be willing to help? And I was like, hell yeah. And then from then, the next day, I was actually like in the biggest hotel in Luanda with the owner of the company. And the guy was just like, what would you do? And I was just telling him, like, first thing, you don't need a 10 days event. You don't need three half an hour shows. It's just you want one show and you want everything into that show or maximum two days or something like that. So from that moment, I they, they said, okay, so made us, make us a proposal. We would like to work with you as a consultant. We need your help. We need your ideas. We need you to guide us in what we're going to do next. So I made that proposal and that, that became my second job other than ramp building. And it was actually a better payment than I had as a full-time job. And that was just a one hour a week phone call. So I started working with these guys and with the ramp with the ramp building company. And one of the first things that we wanted to do, I told them, you guys need to see the best action sports show in the world. And that's the Nitro Circus. You need to see it. And then you can see like, you did the worst, <laughs> they did the best. So let's try to find somewhere middle, in the middle. It doesn't ramp, need to yeah. be a mega ramp, but let's try to find something that works for you guys after watching the best. So we bought tickets. They bought tickets for us to go to Mexico, Mexico City. <laughs> the, that's, like, that's two that's or three a, days. That's a, that's a bit of a good deal you got there. You're like, oh, so if you could just fly us, like you know, across the world to this. No, it was no, it was it I was me already. Right. I will tell you why. Basically, it was me, the owner of the company, and the brand manager. And the reason why they wanted to go there was because we looked at the calendar. Money was not a problem in Angola at that time. They wanted to go to a city that they, they thought it would relate more with their culture. And oh, Mexico right. okay, City yeah. was more like... The, it was closer to, to what, uh, what Angola would be in our minds than, as an example, if you go to San Diego or if you go to, to New York, it's... Those are completely different realities, you know? So the week, like three days before the Mexico show, Travis Pastrana broke his leg and the show got canceled and I got my tickets. So I still went to Australia for, I, I flew to, no, I still went to Mexico. I flew to Mexico for 36 hours and flew back. And then the next week there was the, the, um, there was the, the natural circus in Cape Town, South Africa. So they did the same. They bought tickets to Cape Town because it was closer to the Angola reality. It's in Africa and all that. So they bought the tickets for the next week. And I went there for less than two days. And that's when I met Janice. I never go out at night by myself. I went out by myself. I, I met Janice. Yeah, I remember you telling the story on Jump Street. You just randomly went, yeah. oh, I'll just go to a club. And she was in that club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we met. And cool then story, she... Yeah. Yeah, that was... Dude, that was the day before... 
2014 winter clash or to, a couple of days before the the 2014 winter clash so is, is that the one you right went to that. with the young portuguese guy the young portuguese street skater guy rodrigo um, that's yeah. the one rodrigo, rodrigo. What, is it trexier yeah. braz trexier or something like that rodrigo braz teixeira that's it yeah yeah got you because yeah. I remember seeing you dude, there with the young kid because I'd seen a few edits of dude, him and his brother. Or, yeah. Dude, his, his brother won the last Summer Clash. Okay. Martin Brás Teixeira. That must he have been a long a, time a ago because Summer Clash hasn't no, been no, no. for years. That was 2015. That was the year yeah. after that. Right. And and that same guy at a, at a video part, Martin at the video part in in Brian Bina, one of Brian Bina's last videos, the the one that they went across um, Europe. Reincarnation, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So Martin has had a part on it. So they're brothers. They still skate every day. People don't see what they're doing. Most of the people, but those That's guys it. are yeah, you don't, killing it. You don't seem to hear much. I've seen like a few Instagram clips here and there of Rodrigo, but you don't seem to see that much of them. Yeah. Dude, that kid is he has an amazing brain he's very smart like very very smart he studied physics or something like that he was actually okay. doing his internship in Bayreuth which is the city from power slide and he did his internship last year he is now finished with his graduation he's very young and his brother is big into music like big he's like playing in the best places in Portugal not now obviously yeah. and he's also into video production so both of those kids, they're like amazing. I'm still in contact with everyone and also with them. But then, so I came back to, to Holland. I didn't even knew the name of Janice. We met, we had something, but it was like, I'm leaving tomorrow and whatever. Couple, then we somehow started connecting, like, cause I left my phone number on her friend's arm when I left, cause she left with me and we were like, man, you don't, no one knows me. Like if something happens, this is my phone number. We were all like drinking and whatever. So we started talking a couple of months later. She was coming to Europe. She came to visit me. And then a couple of months later, I went to South Africa to visit her. And then I just came back home after South Africa. And I just went to my boss. We had a, we have a very good relationship. We had, and we still do. And I told him, you know what? I have this way to survive. I have this backup thing with this Angolan company. So I'm just gonna risk it. If it works, it does. If it works, good. If it doesn't, I'll come back. And I did. I moved to South Africa. They never pay me again. The Angolan company, not be, not because of them, but the economy crashed. They couldn't uh, transfer money to another country. And basically, I moved there, and I had no way to make money <laughs> from that. And then yeah, in South Africa, it would be very that. hard. Would be very hard for me to get a job. So I somehow started like checking what I could do. And one of the things that I could do was after realizing that the whole marketing of every single skate brand is made up for summer and winter. Like if Europe and the USA is the only countries in the world, when it's winter in Europe, we write we, as someone that does social media for brands, right? It's now winter. What are you going to do when it's summer? What are you going to do in the summer? We forget that the other hemisphere, the whole of South America, South Africa, Australia, they're living a completely different time of the year. And do not forget that the biggest market for inline skating, the biggest market for inline skating is South America. 
Period. Was, yeah, you could see that from, um, oh God, what was the online competition? The fees, the e-fees competition. See if you saw the votes that all this, the like Brazilian and South American skaters got. I was like, where that like they were getting like hundreds of votes and i was like and it was all from that because they've got like such a strong networking community I over went, there. not just that they have the numbers you have no idea that basically most of the people in europe have no idea i went to sao paulo to visit the rolling the rolling what's the name man i don't want to forget the name rolling sports Okay. Rolling Sport is a distributor for Powerslide and Rollerblade. I was still working with Powerslide and they invited me to go to Brazil because I speak Portuguese, obviously. So I was there for two weeks. I can tell you that for two weeks that I was in Brazil, every single day I skated with more than either one or more than one group. And the group was not the same one. When I mean a group, I'm talking about more than 30 people, sometimes even 50 people skating in the streets. Right. For 15 days, I've seen, I don't know, I don't want to say anything wrong, but like in one city, probably I saw more than 2,000 skaters. In just the people that I met, and there's a lot more skaters. Yeah. And those are the people that have their, those groups and they, they meet weekly. And, and this is just one city. And there's a lot of those. And like when I speak with Felipe Zambardino, you, you know Zamba? That's who I was going to ask he, about, yeah. Because they've got, don't Rollerblade have a brand they only release out there? Is it not like Tracksart or something like that? Is that right? No, 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 it's different. No, no, no. no. Tracksart, so no, no, no. Tracksart is a, a national brand from Brazil that right. they used to sponsor Carlos Pianowski. Yeah, yeah. They used to sponsor uh, Fabiola. That's nothing to do with Rollerblade. All right, That's I just, a national brand. I, okay. No, it's a national brand, but they are so big. They are so big that there was a time they produced the skate for Felipe Zambardino. That's, they were yeah, able that, to yeah. pay him. They were able to pay him more than any other international brand is actually paying to to a pro skater. Well, if they're selling, of course, national then, because yeah, because yep, they were paying more than like a, a USD would be paying to any pro skater or a razor. And when we're talking about twenty. Seven, 2007, 2008, when there was still some money for salaries. Okay. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's cool. So you you've missed a beat. Then you need to move. You need to move to South America and open up a skate shop. No, there. no, 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 no. I'm good. We're good here. So basically, <laughs> then after that, we 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 moved there. I started like, I actually got in contact with Power Slide, and they were at that time. I was skating a lot of quads. And they were a bit in the beginning of quads. They didn't add that much stuff. Right. So I, I never, I always kept good connection with Matthias and I still do nowadays. And I told them, are you guys doing, going to do anything with quads? And they were like, yeah, we, we would love to, blah, 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 but we don't know what we're going to do. And then we started talking about something and they, we find out a way for me to do something with them because you also needed my help. And other than just getting with this quad thing, I would also help them getting content for their social media because I would be in other part of the world, like I just told you. So would, they would send me samples. We would get some images before the products come out so that they could use it on their social media and all that stuff. And this is like 2015. So then the whole thing started evolving with PowerSlide and I realized that, dude, I'm just doing all this stuff for the brand and no one sells the brand. I might as well just 
order some products and see how it goes. And that's what I did while I was while I lived in South Africa. I always took my salary in products. I didn't I didn't got paid in money. I mean, it was I had a salary. I didn't got, but I always preferred to get the products. Yeah. So it was okay. That's, Dude, I, I was. You know what? If any, if every pro skater would do it, and I'm not telling every pro skater to do it, but if if their salary would be made in products, they would be making almost double the money. <laughs> but in terms of how, as in, in terms of selling on the products, or like, in in what respect do you mean? How many pro BMX riders have a website? How many pro scooter riders have a website? If they use a product, you will see the product on their website. When people buy from their website, they're paying the exact same price they would pay at the shop. Obviously, if they have a connection to the brand, they buy it shop price. So what happens at the end? They're making profit out of it. If the, if the pro skater has a salary of 500 or of, of 1,000, if he gets the skate as a payment, I don't know if the brands are willing to do it or not. But this is just yeah. But most of the most of the brands would, most of the brands would, because when they pay you five hundred at the shop at the shop price, they're already making a margin, so they wouldn't pay you five hundred. They would pay you a little bit less. <laughs> but what if what if the going, price that you have to pay? What if the price that they have to pay the rider comes out of their margin? Then I imagine a lot of companies wouldn't be into that because then they'd be like, well, you're eating into our profit margin. What do you mean? Sorry, I didn't got that. So like you're saying if they buy, if they go into the web, like say the rider's website, and then as a result, they end up buying the product, then the company could argue that they would be buying the product anyway. And as a result of, you know, given a cut, like, I don't know, whatever the cut would be of you know, the sale, they would say, well, you know, like they, they wouldn't want to give up that, that percentage. Well, that would be a monthly thing, right? I don't know if I got your question right, but because like, that well, would be like something say, like... Say, for example, like the, I imagine that's a similar setup. What you're describing is a similar setup to what you have with Head and Skate, for example, if they use your code and they get i've always been kind of curious about that because if a customer uses your code then head and skate knows that that person's visiting their website and buying something as a result of your content or your influence yes yeah? but yes. that customer's already getting a 10 percent discount because they're using your discount yes. code so that's eating yes. into head and skate's profits and then you're obviously going to get a cut as well because you're going to get money for influencing them to buy but what but what if i tell you that you know what's the price of a click a google direct click imagine how much would you as a shop need to pay for like a product advertisement it's between one euro and two euros around so imagine there's a usd skate and you want to you you bought like 500 of that skate and you want to promote that skate because you have a lot of stock of that skate now there's this guy that will give you 5000 clicks on that link and you don't need to pay 5000 or 10000 to that guy and there's a lot of people that go to their website and they don't even put the code which is all good yeah oh so they're also but, they're also measuring it on who visits the shop 
via you know either your website or your channel or whatever they're measuring it i don't know if they do it but i do it right okay so when i when i when i do i i always do that whenever i try to link something i want to have an idea of what actually what actual engagement that has and it's also a way because i don't know i don't get a report from that yeah so you're, so you're big into the, the analytics. You're big into scanning all the analytics and seeing, seeing what works and what No, works. no, no. I keep it. No, this, this, is, this is something that you learn through time. Yeah. The, when, I, when, I, when I only had one signature product, two, but it was the same. It was the wheel, and then I had the second edition of the wheel. I had no idea, man. I was like 20, but I was like, all I wanted was skating, and I... I'm happy for that, but like at the same time, I have no idea how many wheels were made, how many I, I have no idea how many wheels were sold to where they were sold, which is perfectly normal. But nowadays, I have interest on that. Like I, I want to see. It's not about counting money. It's not even about that thing. It's it's about like where do I actually have an influence? Where am I yeah. actually? It's it, it's it's interesting. I don't know. It's oh no, it's, it's, for it's, me. it's definitely interesting, and it's funny that you should bring that up because that has been an issue for skaters in the past like i remember colin kelso the reason he quit usd was because he asked them directly how many of my skates are you selling he said you know i'm aware of what i'm getting from you in terms of money but i'm not aware of what you're getting from me in return and i think he just exactly i think he just wanted to know the numbers and because they wouldn't tell him he quit you know, with me, I never felt like they wouldn't tell me. I was just not there. I, I, I don't know. I, I was. You just, yeah, you just didn't think to ask. I, I, you know, when I've, I think when I got my wills, <laughs> it was actually already late. Period. I, I was a way better skater before. Honestly, I was a way better skater as a. Like, I was a way better skater trick-wise, like doing more stuff and crazier stuff and whatever, when no yeah. one knew me. It's just just like that, period. Like, And I, once things, things only started happening to me when I started being able to travel. And the thing is, when you travel, it's not the same. You're not always with your friends. I'm, I very easily make friends, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Like this guy that I just told you, Samuel Diaz, he's my best friend. He's seen me skate the best. There's this other guy from, from Portugal, from the south of Portugal. We call him Goya. These two guys, they, they've seen me skate better than anyone else, and I've seen them skate better than anyone else. We, we used to get the juices out of each other, just like yeah, skate better, you motivate know? Motivate each other, yeah. Yeah, it's just like I never had that again. Like, yeah, that would, that would be a lot of times, but I felt more... Of, I felt more pressure, which might be just a stupid thing. And nowadays, I don't really care. Not at all. Like, I really course, don't of care. You feel, of but, course, you're going to feel pressure. Like if you go to a foreign country and you've got a filmer or, you know, a photographer, and you're like, "Well, I want, I want to get something from this person. I want a photo in Daily Bread or whatever." Or you're skating with pros that you have respect for, and you're like, "Well, I don't want to look." stupid in front of these people that is that's it's the pressure that you put on yourself everyone does that that's natural the only let's be honest here the only reason why i got known for skating was because the photographer 
from Daily Bread was Ryan Schutte. Yeah. Period. And I met Ryan Schutte very, very randomly. He, he was coming to Portugal after finishing his graduation. And he actually emailed BMAG because he was a, contrib a contributing photographer, something yeah. like that or a contributor, I don't know how you say it, but yeah, basically right. emailed them and asked, do you guys know of anyone that, that skates in Portugal? And the truth is every now and then they used to ask me for, for results of events in Portugal and stuff like that, of what, if I knew of anything happening in skating. I don't know how we got in contact. I honestly don't know, me and BMAG, but that's how somehow things started. So they gave my contact to Ryan Schutte. I got a random email from this American guy just saying, just finished my graduation. I'm going to be traveling around the world and I'm going to go to Portugal. Would you be able to help me? I picked him up at the airport. He wasn't working for Deliberate or anything. He was just a guy that finished a graduate, like a, a, some photography studies in, in San Francisco. And he wanted to shoot a lot of skating. So he came to Portugal and I couldn't skate. Because the week, I was so excited, like two or three days before I, I, I got hurt on my knee. And I usually don't get hurt knees anyway. I got hurt on my knee and I took him everywhere. I, I took him to, to skate with all my friends, to shoot all my friends, but we were never able to shoot. And all my, my friends used to talk very highly about me. And it's not, never anything that I asked anyone, hey, tell good things about me to this guy. <laughs> I had no idea. It's just like, yeah. I know you understand. It's like... There was the time that I actually used to to go bigger on, on my skates and all that stuff. And somehow when he left, he was like, man, if you ever want to go to California, I would love to shoot with you. But we did, we created like this, this relationship that was very cool with him. So even when he left here, he ended up going to Ireland and I connected him to Albert Tui. And he ended up meeting a couple more people. He wanted to meet um, Neil Mann, because he came with a plan. These was the people that he wanted to meet. And I tried to organize that plan with what I knew. And I didn't know a lot because I was in Portugal all the time. So after that, I ended up going to, to America a couple months later, like seven, eight, nine months later. I begged my parents to help me with the trip. And I went to another friend from Portugal. And Ryan Schutte gave me a place to stay. And Ollie Short was staying in the same place. Yeah, he would, I when I landed that. there, he was staying. And dude, Ollie was my favorite skater. I had no idea that he was going to be there. And we became good friends. And I was just with them. They were shooting Ollie and I was just the guy that was there. So we ended up shooting a couple of pictures because we became friends. I became like, I was cool to do whatever. It was a good trick or a bad trick. I didn't care. I would just skate. And every now and then they would shoot something and they ended up being able to do something with it. So that's the only reason why things happen because like, Skating with your friend is completely different. And nowadays, I actually enjoy so much to skate by myself. I love it. I, I, I'm a better skater by myself than when there's people around. I might be the only guy, but... Oh, no. Like, it's, it's, when you're in that situation, it's harder to progress. Like, the amount of skaters I've spoken to over the years, and they're like, you just become de-skilled because you go out and competition skaters say it a lot as well. They're like, oh, well, you know, you're just expected. You go there and you learn your run or you, you like you'll learn tricks that you can like consistently land in, in a competition run. But as a result, you become a good competition skater, but then you feel that you're de-skilled in other areas because there's always another event. And especially it, it's a lot less common now, but back then when it was like, there was a new event every couple of weeks or every three weeks. So they're always on a plane mm -hmm. in a different country with different people. And they were like, I just 
that's why loads you get your safe tricks yeah Yeah, because they're like your safe tricks to do those i stopped enjoying skating because i'm just traveling all the time and not actually enjoying the skating part and they're like and i got burnt out because i'm just getting hurt all the time at these competitions and yeah so i think i think there's a lot to be said for yeah being in the same place being comfortable and that's you know most skaters say you know they like learning their tricks on like a flat ledge or on a flat bar and then they take it to bigger things but if you're just always going out filming or shooting for a project, you don't get the time to learn new learn. stuff because it's, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, that's quite funny that you mentioned Ollie because I remember that time well. That was when he was at college or university and he got his student loan check and it was like a couple of grand and it was meant to be to see him through that, that, that year of studying and he just took all the money bought a ticket and went to America and he's like, I'm going to try and make it and just literally spent his entire student loan on trying to make it as a pro skater in America. And he did it. the rest is history. Yeah. He became he one is, of the most man, iconic British Ollie skaters of all time. Is It's awesome. And I, I had like a very, we became like tight one while we were there. Like it was cool. It, it was Man, he was the pro skater and I used to idolize him and I still do. But it was it was very funny how things for me change over time. And it was funny, man. It's just like at the time he was a Euro pro for USD. Yeah. And, and no one I cared. remember like no no one cared. When he when he lived in the UK and wore baggy jeans. And was still skating, but he, that's when he was level. already. That's when he already made uh, like made it to the finals at the IMYTA Paris. He was starting yeah. to use that Freddy Krueger shirt, those tighter pants, those England. But that's uh, it. He he realized that yeah. he needed an image because if he didn't have an image, he just looked like every other great skater. So exactly. he had to he had to have something to set himself apart. And as soon as he figured yeah, he that a concept. out, it all fell into place. Concept, yeah, yeah, concept. And it's it, like it was, if we if you want to relate that to a brand, think of think think of shadow. Think of the previous shadow and the actual shadow. There was a concept. There's no concept. Yeah. But let's 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 move on. Let's let's talk yeah, about on. Ollie. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, Ollie. Ollie was very clever and chosen to link up with people like Brandon Negretti and have a section in Forever Now and just market himself as this as as this person. It was it was very cleverly done. And you can tell that a lot but of he, skaters. But he had the skating. Yeah, there's oh, a lot no, of with, people without that have the, the ability. The yeah, brain. He, he needed the ability. Yeah. I've seen stuff from Ollie that some of them never really got filmed or anything, but it's just like it's the skill was totally there. And it, yeah. it honestly, it makes me mad when people say is that, yeah, but he used to do 540Ds and he doesn't do anymore. It doesn't want to. I'm sorry, probably not now. But when people used to say that he did not, he chose not to. Yeah. He chose not to because he never lost the ability to skate. He just chose to go to move a different way. And he again he had a concept. He he had something. He had a something that he wanted to do with his skating and with his image. And he was loyal to it. And for a lot of people, that was hard because I also love the Enigma, Ollie. Yeah. The, the super baggy, the Huge, gap yeah. to truth up the TTS. I love that Ollie, but seeing him skate on the last videos that I did, it was like that was progression. And it's for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, but he doesn't do those spinning. That's regression. No, it's not. It's like someone having an, a concept 
of what they want, like something that they wanted to do and they go for it. Yeah. And the same thing's been said. Think about any skater that's had a drastic change over the years, like Alex Brosco or Chris Farmer. There's always these people that say, oh, they fell off or they're not as good. No, they reinvented themselves. They extended their lifespan as skaters and you try doing what they do. You can't do it. You know why? Because you're not Alex Brosco. You're not Chris Farmer. So yes, they might not be jumping there's through very, trees. Or... There's very few Frankie Morales in this Exa- game. Then. Yeah, like stuff like that as well. <laughs> and they're like, oh, he just, he just does the same stuff all the time now. And it's like, yes, but it's stuff you can't do. So like, you know, if, if you can do better, let's see it. If there's not, a lot of skaters, you know, like, I don't think to be better, you need to spin 180 more. You need to to do one more meter of grinding. It's not always about that, for sure. It's like a lot of times it's actually doing tricks that are more simple, but that look better at the pro skaters level. At the moment, for me, I honestly don't care at all. I don't care. Like I, I do my things. I, tr- I try to be comfortable with what I do, but I'm not that guy that tried to put my hands like this. And I respect that completely. And I, I know like at a certain level of skating, when you're trying to achieve a certain thing, you need that. That type of detail, it's what makes you special. For me nowadays, I just, I really want to enjoy my time on the skates. And if, if it feels good to me, it's good. That's it. It doesn't need to, always to look the way that I would love to to make it look. So I prefer sometimes not to even see it. If it felt comfortable, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not about how technical or difficult the trick is because some people just have tricks and you see them do it and you're like, I can't imagine it looking better than how you've made that trick look. Like you see Louis Zamora do a backside royale and you're like, that's that's a beautiful example of a trick. It doesn't have to be complicated. You've just made it look really good. My favorite trick nowadays is Mises. Okay. <laughs> I've been doing Mises a lot. And it's like, this is a, a, a very, like, there's two types of Mises only. The good looking ones and the horrible looking ones. That's it. There's no middle ground when it comes to Mises. So I've been trying to, to, to do my thing and like, the way it feels comfortable to me, I actually like the way it feels. But at the same time, I've seen a lot of people that put a lot of weight on the front foot and it really looks horrible. I can't. <laughs> so so what you're talking about is it has to have the, the either the Brian Jaggers or the Seth Minor stance. It has to have the... Best Mises of all time. Yeah. I, th- I dude, thought, I was I so thought happy. you were going down this line. Yes, dude. I, I was so happy. Like at the last Blading Cup, I met Seth Minor. And I had to tell him, man, I used to do my sweat stances with my friend Goya that I just told. We used to do sweat stances like, no, no, you need to go more on the back. You need to look like Seth Minor. Look at this picture, the daily brand. Actually. It's, it's so crazy <laughs> that, that 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 single photo, that single photo in daily bread, like became, like people remember that decades later and they're like, that is, that is a perfect example crazy. of a trick. Like you see that and you're like, yes, yeah. I, I actually wanted to film something with Seth when I was at the Blading Cup, but then we ended up not having the time. He, he had a surgery like after a bad accident on skates. I don't know if you are. I remember that because there was like a GoFundMe for it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I really don't know if he's fully skating at the moment or how much that affected him, but 
if he's watching this, shout out to Seth. He's awesome. I used to love his skating so much. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be a v- if did, you yeah. if you never did anything with him. I, I think no, not a lot of people did, and I know that you're very active with these now. He would be a very good guest. He has a very cool history. I can't really talk about it. I'm not going to, but he has some cool stuff. Okay, that's all I can say. That's, that's, that's intrigued me. All right. I hear you. Yeah, um, it's... <laughs> we've, we've got sidetracked because there was, you told, you told me the story about, yeah. Like yeah, how, I was talking about going to South Africa, which I'd already yeah, mm. heard in Jump Street. But what I didn't know is, so obviously I remember the time when you were a pro skater, like you had the front cover of BMAG, you had the pro wheel. Like I remember you having clips in the four by four video and then, I know that you've said that you know you broke your leg and that was the reason why you stopped skating because no no not not at all not at no? all you know what no I actually broke my leg in the very beginning of things I broke my leg on the BMAC tour the the first BMAC tour in Europe the the Euro Trash tour right um, I broke on day zero <laughs> the tour was supposed <laughs> to start in London and we some of the guys met some of the guys. In no, in Barcelona or in London. I don't know where it was. Probably in Barcelona. I don't know. I know that the tour was supposed to start either in Barcelona or in London. We had all the the flights booked and all that. There was a couple of amazing skaters. And what happened was some of the skaters, like me, Horn, we met in in Munich, and there was a there was a party at the Ignition Skate Shop for them. For the premiere of opinions, if I'm not right. wrong, the premiere we saw the premiere of opinions, and then the next day we went for a street skate session for a grind out. Was it a grind out session or it was just ignition? I don't know, man. I don't want to say anything wrong, but we got together in in Munich, and it was my first time ever in Munich, and I broke my leg. And after that, I still recovered and. That's when I actually started skating for USD and things started. I was already skating for USD back then, but things right. for me started getting better after that. What happened to me was I somehow, you were talking about reinventing yourself at skating. I didn't reinvent my way of dressing, but I did reinvent my way of skating completely because I used to only think of jumping from there, grinding from there. And 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 for a couple of years, I had to to learn how to not skate that way. So I actually went from the guy that could do a lot of tricks to the guy that had like four or five safe tricks, but I would do them like in big spots, but like they were my safe tricks, like negative acids, trumizus, back savannas. There were a couple of those that I I could do basically everywhere, but that was it. (laughs) But I wouldn't... I've got this totally mixed up then. So why, what was it that made you step away from professional skating then? Because you... You went away for like. I finished my. Quite I finished my graduation. So yeah, it was just. I finished it was just my graduation. Of, right. It was so. Mm. It was r- so late to university. I was still studying work or right. Okay. Mm, yeah. So basically, I I was studying in in Hungary for two years, and that's when I was traveling a lot and all that. Yeah. And and it was Central Europe, so I could just be everywhere. I used to be at the BMAG house a lot. Um, and then when I finished, I, then I came back to Portugal for my last year of my graduation. I studied sports science and I did my, I call it 
my internship in a school as a sports teacher. And after that, I ended up moving to Lisbon. And when I moved to Lisbon, I, I was working as a personal trainer and I was very busy. I could make a lot more money than I could do from skating, obviously. Even if in skating, I was not just a skater anymore. Back then, after skating for USD for two years, the first time I went to the to the power to the power slide headquarters in Bayreuth, they I stayed with Bauer. I don't know if you know Bauer. Yeah, yeah. And Bauer was like, "Yeah, Matthias wants to talk to you tomorrow, and it might be a cool thing." And I had that meeting with Matthias. It was my first time ever actually meeting Matthias. And Matthias proposed me to do to become a brand manager for Undercover. And Undercover back then, Undercover Wheels had a different concept and they wanted to change it. Basically, Undercover Wheels was supposed to be the cheapest wheel on the market, but it, it was their goal to make yeah. the most affordable wheel, yeah. to make the most affordable wheel on the market and to give pro wheels to the local heroes. Basically, yeah, they I had a wheel yeah. with Yanis Vovos. They gave one to Brian Adams because the the first the very first pro wheel they did was Brian mm -hmm. Adams, who's obviously yes. a, a Glasgow skater. And yeah. Yeah. And then they had Evgeny Leonov, uh, Yanis yeah. Vovos from Australia. They had like one guy from almost yeah. each side, you know? Some and then they, they also had a guy something. from Mexico. Yeah, Alan Shepard. From Alan Shepard, yeah. Alan yeah. Shepard from Mexico. And that was it. Basically, they were amazing skaters, but they were not known enough or they wouldn't speak English. Yeah, of course, Brian Adams and Yanis Vovos would, but um, Evgeny wouldn't and Alan Shepard probably back then wouldn't or they wouldn't be very marketable for the international scene. So they they wouldn't make it to a to a company like, like Mind Game ever. Not ever, I wouldn't say ever, but they wouldn't make it at no, the I time, think, you yeah, know? No, yeah, that's, that's fair so, enough. I know what you mean, yeah. So they had that brand. That was basically it. The wheels were like a lot cheaper than the other brands. Like, But they were also cheaper. Not just more affordable, but also cheaper. They didn't last as long. Yeah. And the whole idea was to reinvent the brand or to keep... The, I actually asked them, I remember in that meeting, but do we want to keep the brand name or do we want to start something new? And they're like, well, we can decide, and we actually ended up coming out. Let's keep undercover, but let's come out with something. And that's when we came out with the slogan, putting color under your feet, because your back feet, yeah. then there were no other brand making colored wheels. Every single wheel was the same color. Back then, it was 2004, every wheel was white. In the 90s, you had a lot of colored say, you had, wheels. You had Senate with like the uh, the blue Dave Colash and the Creole. But I know what you Kryptonics, mean. Kryptonics. Yeah. Kryptonics had the Don Everett, well. the same color as the China wheel. Yeah. Uh, they had the orange wheels. They had like lots of different wheels. But in the early 2000s, every wheel was white. Probably there's an exception, but like most of the wheels, like 95% of the wheels yeah. no, that's, were white. I would say that's true, yeah. So we were like, okay, let's let's try to... To make a difference, if you make colored wheels, when you see an image of on a, on a on a picture or so, like when you see an image on a magazine, you will see oh red wheels or orange wheels or green wheels. Those are undercover, so you would very easily identify what wheels were those. So that was the initial thing, and we had to build a team. At first, the team wasn't even 
like yeah i had matt auger then matthias auger that for me is still one of matthias auger was oh was yeah funny I don't, he had the incredible section in clip two clip two i think it was Dude, he, he won the he won the first winter clash um yeah remember that he used to be a really good competition skater as well and then he he got on rollerblade and disappeared to Australia and things fell apart with rollerblade yeah. and the rest is history. Yeah. I, but, oh my but he God, still skates. Yeah. Oh and yeah. He's still he's, amazing. He's still really skating. good. Yeah. Because he's got clips it's, in the it? Parallel Collective video, the most recent yeah. one from Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. I, I really love Matthias. I, I don't contact him as often. I remember the last time I was in Nuremberg last year, we were actually in the same airport, but like we were like, he was about to leave or in Paris. I don't know. It was one of the trips that I did last year. He was in the same airport as me. Right. I just landed and he was leaving. Something like that. But we ended up not meeting. And it's been like over six or seven, maybe more, maybe 10 years that I don't see him. But anyway, so we had that team. And it was Matthias, um, Richie Eisler, me, that, yeah. and Ollie Bennett. And the reason why we had Ollie Bennett, because Powerslide was very, very happy with Ollie Bennett at the time. He was the most productive skater, period. They started, oh, yeah, they he just had, sent... He had so many photos in, in magazines, yeah. yeah. They, you know, they sent him a pair of dashes just for him to test them, and they gave them a review like no other skater would. And then ever, ever since, they started giving a lot of products, and he became so productive. He became so productive that he was actually way more productive than me, and he ended up taking my job. And for me at the time... I, I remember he took over Undercover, yeah. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and at the time, I, I didn't really understand that I at the time I actually had this conversation with Ollie like I made a podcast with him about it and I spoke about it at the time I actually I, I didn't understand why that was happening well that was happening because I wasn't answering emails I was too busy either skating or partying or or just working because back I came back to Portugal I started working and that was one of the reasons why I somehow faded away from power slide but the reason why I was also not as present was because I started working when I finished my graduation. So I started working as a, as a personal trainer and then it was taking a lot, of my, a lot of my time. I was making a little bit more money and that's where I was when I started talking about Undercover. So that was basically one of the reasons why I slowly started disappearing, but I never really stopped skating. I actually skated less four or five years after that when every time that I would skate, my ankle would swallow like huge, like yeah, because I, of. I remember you mentioning that, yeah. Yeah, so I ended up started riding bikes. <laughs> I was. So, like, what? That's <laughs> I think that's what I'm curious about. What What was it that made you put down the bike and pick up the skates again? Uh, very easily, I can't even go why I started riding bikes. So I, I'll start from the beginning. It's fast. It's actually fast. This one. So I I used to work not too far from my house in a gym, in a health club, and my car broke, and I still had to go to work because that's how I was making my money for everything. So while I was trying to get the money, the loan from the bank to try to get a new car, I went to the car loan and bought the cheap bike. <laughs> just to go to work and come back every day. And while doing that, there was someone at the gym to say, hey, have you seen those bikes, those fixed gear bikes? Like, it's very easy. You just, you, you don't need brakes and whatever. And I went and I looked for that shit. And I, or I bought one from eBay. 
I got the bike, I started riding the bike around and like, you know, I don't know if you're the same, but for me, it's like, I, I need to challenge myself and I have a bike just to move from place to place. I get bored. I need to push it, push it, push it, push it. In no time, I was spending a lot of money in that bike, but I actually became good at it. Good enough to have like a signature frame. And I was invited for a couple of of Red Bull events in San Francisco downhill, like uh, I was about to say, yeah, because I've seen style. I've seen photos of you at, at like competitions yeah. or events or whatever they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was that was like in two years or something. But that was because of skating. Period. When I started riding a bike, the first thing I was like, I want to do that rail on the bike because that was my way of thinking. Because of yeah, skating. That was it. And then realizing that the wheels were so big that all the rails that I always wanted, but I couldn't because there were grass or bad floor. So that was the thing. Now I can do it. So I started I've pushing just, myself I've just in that the sense. level. Yeah, you're like I can now <laughs> I can now access stuff. Oh yeah, that's that's dangerous. But, okay, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, it, it is dangerous. I, I broke my collarbone twice in one year and it's it's bad but the thing is i kept on going even broke it fixed it kept on riding my bike and the thing is when i was riding my bike i had no pain on my ankle because i had four points holding the impact yeah the both pedals the and my arms elsewhere yeah yes the pressure is in four places instead of two only on skate so i could do it and i, I felt healthier riding the bike at first then I started having a lot of crashes because I was going bigger and bigger and bigger, but it was all good. That was never why I stopped it. The thing is I was very active on the bike, still skating, sk still skating skate shows, doing skate shows with the skate park company. Okay. With the skate park building yeah, company. With the, with the ramp builders. Yeah. 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 And the thing is when I moved to South Africa, my bike was my only way to move around. My Back then she wasn't my wife, Janice, but we were living in the same place. And there was, I had no job. I have, I had one way of transportation. That was my bike. And that bike, like if you break anything, you can't find things. It's like, it's, it's like having a rare pair of salamons that no one else yeah, can get. So if yeah, you break something, you can't yeah, get it. Yeah. Especially in South Africa. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine there's a big fixed yes. scene there. Yeah. Okay. Number one, if you break things, you are not able to move around. Number two, if I break my bike, you know, not so good place it might be a bit dangerous so i started using my bike a lot mainly for transportation and i used my skates a lot more and along the way i met another one of my best friends today his name is greg fraser he's an amazing filmer probably my favorite videographer of all time and back then he, he skated just for filming he never wanted to to be filmed he wanted to film me or film someone else, but he never wanted to be filmed. There's just, ah, I don't skate good enough. And we developed a thing that we started pushing ourselves to skate different type of spots. He was always that type of guy, just skated weird stuff. And again, I reinvented my way of skating. So I like, that's when I, the big wheels came. Yeah. And that's when I started like learning how to skate without feeling without getting my ankles this big, you know? I didn't have my bike. I couldn't ride the bike. I couldn't jump from there like I used to love. So I had to find another way to to enjoy my skating. And that's that was the best thing that I've done in my life, learning that type of skating. Because nowadays I can actually, it changed the way that I think about skating. I don't care. I, there's a huge rail. I'm at my office now. 
the park is here. There's a huge rail. Everything that everyone says when I post something, do the rail. I know I can do the rail. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was like the first thing I wrote. I was like, do the, grind the rail, grind the drop rail. Because that's, yeah. You know, but you know what? I can't, I can't do the rail. I know I can do it. But you know what's going to happen? is like, if I do it, I'm going to barely walk the next day because my feet will swallow because of the impact. It might not happen, but it might also happen. And I don't want yeah. that. And at the same time, why? I've done it. I don't feel like I need it. You know, it's just like, there will be the day that I come here like, I want to do it. And then I do it, but not because someone says it. And that's the way that I, I want to skate more now. It's like, I don't care what you, you or you say. I want to do it because I feel like it. And for me, it's been the best thing because I actually enjoy it yeah. more than anything. I love to skate. I, I left speed skating. I used to be a speed skater. I stopped being a speed skater because there were people telling me you need to be here this weekend. You need to be there. And then you need to make this result to be in the world. I don't want that anymore. I want to skate when I want to. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. I think the problem is because it's like you said, because you know, you can do it. I think that's, that would, that's what would make me not be able to stop myself. Cause I'd be like, Oh, well that's a drop rail. I've done a drop rail before. This looks easier than that one. I'm, I can do this. So that I just yeah. wouldn't get it out of my head until I'd done it. And then, yeah, so I'd, but, I'd just be a slave but, to But at the same head. time, but at the same time, I got this thing here every day. Yeah, that's true. You know, the, the whole, my way of thinking used to be like, I need to do it now. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. It's true. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. But at the same time, there will be the day that somehow I will just say, I'm going to do it and I'll do it. But it, it 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 needs to come from me. It like yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> so right, so that clears that up. All right. So and then the YouTube channel. You obviously started that quite early on in South Africa, and it just kind of built up over time. How how long did it take before you started noticing that you were getting like traction, or you were getting a decent following, or a lot of feedback? Because you know, that's funny. I remember I wanted to start a little, I was working with PowerSlide and I wanted to start, a, I was back then making not the same, not the same what Biz is doing or not the same that Brandon is doing the skate news. Yeah. But I don't know if you remember some PowerSlide news. There was an idea. It was, if you go on PowerSlide news, you'll see it's presented just like if it's the TV news, the guy with the blazer. Okay. Welcome to PowerSlide news. Every, it was a monthly episode. And I wanted to make a lot more of that type of stuff for them. I wanted to make that monthly episode with the news for PowerSlide. We had a presenter, which was Earl Abrams, one of the best skaters of all time. Most of the people don't even know him. And That's very familiar. Yeah, okay. Earl Abrams. Probably the last video you saw of him was something by Greg Fraser, the guy that I told you. It was like a collective of images, big wheels, small wheels, whatever. Right. Then after that, I was still doing that. And I told PowerSlide that I would love to do something that would be called the skate geek, which would be me just dressed as a geek, like with big glasses. Like it was like creating a character mm -hmm. and just geeking on skates, you know, like a crazy scientist geeking on skates. Like if you, if you want to do a Royale with this skate, you need to go at this angle. You can do a slide with your skate going up to this amount of angle without the boot touching, blah, blah, blah. All this type of stuff. I wanted to do it. But I sent, I remember filming something and they, they said, yeah, that could be cool. But it, there was not really anything that excited, which I fully understand that was not polished at all. And I was like, 
man, I couldn't actually start doing something. And I remember sending a, an email in the, like with the guys from PowerSlide saying, I might be wanting to start making this vlogs thing. And the first thing that Tomasz from Poland said is like, watch out, because if you work for a brand, if you're going to make something like that, people will think yeah. that yes. you're, you're, not you're not trustable and you this and that. And to be totally honest with you, it was more because of me than from PowerSlider. They never told me don't do anything with other brands, but I was trying to be so loyal that I was scared of doing something with other skates in my channel at the beginning. But anyway, that's different from your question. Basically, let me tell you how I started the channel. I was thinking about starting something for a bit. So it took me, a, I actually, I remember telling my wife, I would like to start a YouTube channel and see if I could make like 15 or 20 euros of revenue to pay for Google ads for the shop. I already had the shop, Linus K shop in South Africa. And then I started thinking of ways that I would do this channel. So it took me a couple of months. I, I knew that the first video that I wanted to do would need to be something special somehow. So I, I started making a couple of videos that I didn't call it, uh, that I actually created a playlist called Almost Vlogs. <laughs> and the first vlog, the vlog number one, was filming the day that we find out that Janice was pregnant. That was vlog number one. And then the second one, we, I wasn't uploading every single day or anything like that. The second one was I got kicked out of South Africa. So that was the type of content that you would not see skaters posting. Skaters would only post skating, 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 skating. There would be no one talking to the camera. Not like that because there were two guys that were doing it. One of them was, uh, what's the name of the, guy, the kid that did the 1620? Skated for skating the, the Nitro games. Uh, what's his name? Six and 20. Um, dude, uh, Shay. Ah, oh. oh, come on, man. He skated for. <laughs> it still skates USD nowadays. Wake Chapman. Wake Chapman. Okay. What's 1620? What's that? 1620, right? Yeah. I don't know what that is. That's a lot of that's a lot of spins. Oh right, so six right. Okay, sorry, you're talking about a rotation. I thought you were talking about a project or something that he did, and I was like, I don't yeah. know what this is. Yeah, right, sixteen okay. twenty on the mega ramp. Yeah, I remember he used and to then, do, he used to do like kind of yeah a little vlog. He was a vlog. Yeah. Yeah, he was no, a vlog. Yeah. He was yeah. talking. He was talking to camera, and there was another guy from America. Oh man, I I, I feel bad that I don't remember their name because they were amazing. It's the this other guy. He actually made a VOD of him skating with the wizards on some majestics. I don't remember. I think he's from above San Francisco. Man, sorry, like my ge my geography is not in place. Anyway, these two guys were making vlogs, but other than that, I, probably there were more people and I, I was not aware of that, but it was not a lot of skaters that were doing content when they were talking to camera and anything like that. And I I used to enjoy a lot of stuff like that from BMXers and skateboarders. Skateboarders weren't that big, but scooter riders were already. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to start. And I remember speaking to Greg and Greg was like, ah, maybe, 
maybe you kind of lose a little bit of credibility because it's always like, yeah, I think, that, you know, I think like, that's the thing holding a lot of people back. They're just scared of. We'll get how, there in a second they'll, about credibility. They'll be, they'll be perceived, yeah. Street cred. Everyone is scared of losing the street cred, but nowadays everyone is doing it. So the thing is, dude, wanting or not, most of the the skaters. If I'm not saying that everyone needs to do it. But the guys that have big places as as skaters in companies, the reason why they're there is because the company wants to sell skates. Yeah. And this is a direct way to your community or to your fans or to whatever. It's you start growing a community and people really listen to what you say. And you, you start seeing now that with, with this podcast that you became a lot more active. You start seeing more people listening to it and you start seeing that the same guys that come, and there's always new ones, but the same ones that come over and over and over. And those people that come over and over, they start liking what you do. And they, some of them, if they don't like, they give you feedback. And it's it's oh, the they, best. They, cert- they certainly do. <laughs> yes, but that's the best way. It's the best way for you to actually learn. It's the fastest way for you to learn. It's instant feedback. You put something out, people tell yeah, you. Yeah, tell you if they like it, if yeah. they don't. And you learn. And that's somehow I started doing that. And in three, four months, I was making those 15 euros. And okay. then and then not that's, making that's it quick, like that. That's quick, though. That is, like, that is really quick for that to... And obviously, it's a very now small amount. But that's... Especially in rollerblading, because rollerblading is something that I find... Well, especially aggressive rollerblading is so niche that it's... it's it makes it problematic no. to market at times. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Back then, I mean, I'm not explaining what you were saying, what I, why I'm saying no to what you were saying now, but um, back then you didn't need minimums to start monetizing your channel. You didn't ah, need right, a okay. thousand subscribers and you didn't need the 4,000 hours. So you could start monetizing right away. You would not be able to take the money from Google until you have a uh, 100 euros back there and then they can you could start taking it out but anyway so the thing is i started seeing how much i was actually making with that and it was never because of the money but it's it it makes you like yeah maybe i i can if i try these i get more people watching or you start enjoying it period and you yeah. know it and you, you as much as people want to say they don't they start liking it and everyone that's Yes, there's even shit on Netflix about it. It's addictive. Yes, it is. Yeah, but like it's something. The, the, the satisfaction of creating content is addictive because you feel satisfied that you've got this end product that you worked hard towards and it's in front of you. Yeah, I completely get that. Yeah. But you know what was the best for me? It was I had some editing skills. I would never compare myself to any of the big guys out there, even in the skating industry that make videos. Never. But the truth is, at the pace that I was editing, I got so quick at editing. There was a time that I was making one video a day for myself. I was still making like skate content for Power Slide or for whatever. And I was still making stuff on it. And I was still making other projects and still working at the shop. So I got, and I was still having the time to skate and all that. So I became so fast at doing it. Yes, it was simple editing but you find 
the best workflows that work for you. Yeah, yeah. And it was you quickly develop a system. Yeah. Yeah, and it it was so good. Like nowadays, like it's just quick. I actually have someone that can help me with that, which is even better. I'm I'm going to ask but, you about that later, but yeah, I want I want to yeah, hear. Yeah, we'll get there. First. Yeah, but the thing is, I, I what I started doing is I always what I made, I put it back. What I made, I put it back, and this is something that. Uh, and I didn't need the 20 euros, the 50 euros later, the whatever euros that you make after. I, I wasn't living from that. I didn't want to live from that. I wanted to reinvest that into growing. So I would try to, to get like either a product or to, to get some trips or, or when I would make a trip, I would try to make the most out of it. And I remember when I went to Brazil, as I told you, I was already a bit bigger. I was already like, I don't know, like five or 6,000 subscribers, but if you ask any of the Brazilian guys that were with me, I, I don't remember being that tired because I wanted to skate till like two, three in the morning with the guys because I was skating in the morning to go to the to rolling sports, to the shop, to be with the guys. And most of the times I was trying to edit in the morning, to edit in the morning. But I was skating in the afternoon with locals. I was skating at night with the locals. I was sleeping basically like two, three hours. And that was my rhythm back then. Yeah, It's not healthy at all, but... I wanted to make it. I wanted to do it. It's, it. And it's not because of money or anything like that, but I felt like I was growing something. Like I started feeling like people was enjoying it and I was doing something for skating. And that was the addictive part, not the numbers, but feeling that people were starting to enjoy it. And I started enjoying it even more when I felt that more people were starting to do it. People that used to look at me like, look at this clown. And I, I've, I've, dude, I've seen, I've felt that so many times, but you know what? That look at this clown. And now I, I see a lot of those that said that now doing something. And I'm not saying it's any of the big names out there, but I, I'm being generalistic, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. It's, it's like easy for it, people to turn their nose up at someone that they think is doing something cheesy or corny or whatever. But then, then when they see that person get successful to it, then they're like, oh, well, wait a minute. And th the main metric for them deciding whether or not it's cool or not is if it's successful. So if you, if you just kept doing those videos, but you didn't make money off it or make a living off it, they'd be like, oh, that guy sucks. But now because you are suddenly it's acceptable and it's like, well, you know, the content Dude, I, I love it i yeah. keep i keep saying the same like I, I am the most the happiest guy like when i see like and it was never one of that those guys like nils i remember nils started a channel and i was the happiest for that when the guys from jump street podcast started the the podcast i saw the first episode i made a video on my channel please go check that I, oh, God, these yeah, guys yeah, like when... billy Billy and Austin are making a podcast. Yep. I made a video right away. Please go. Cause that's what I want to do. And that's what I will keep doing with my channel. I, I want to, to take politics out of that. And sometimes it's, it's weird because people don't get it, but like, it is what it is. It's my channel. It's my content. And I'm able to control it the way that I want. And whenever people don't like it, man, it as bad as it sounds, Nowadays, gladly, there's a lot of other options. So yeah. I'm sorry, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be all like smart ass or anything like that. But this is something that I've been trying to make it exactly the way that I feel. And over time, you end up sometimes changing about 
the way that you think about certain things. And I'm very honest when it comes to that. Like if there's things that change for me over time, I'm, I'll be myself on my channel. And that's, that's what I'm being with you. And that's what I will always be. And that's the most important thing for me with what I do. So that is what I like about it because you've made a career out of rollerblading, but you've done it on your own terms. And yes, like you said, you're, you're just making stuff that you want to make. And I'll admit it, there's videos that you make and I'm like, I'm never watching that. That does not appeal to me in any way whatsoever. But then there's but some that I'm like, oh yeah, that looks interesting. I'll check that out. And it doesn't matter what I like, because you've got so many subscribers and, and it's, it's about catering. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is like, it's easy for people to go, oh, like this is cool or this isn't cool. Like, oh, I wish he hadn't done yeah. that. That's cheesy. But the fact is, if you do it and it feels real to you or genuine to you and it makes you happy and comfortable, then more power to you. And You know, the thing, is, the thing is, I don't see myself as an aggressive skater and that's very hard for some people to understand that. Yeah. Well, you're not, okay. like, you're not, you're active in every, like, in, all other disciplines. I skate. So, yeah. I am. I am a skater. Period. Yeah. I'm not even an inline skater. I'm a skater, and I even ride bikes every now and then. Not that as often as I would love nowadays, but that's why I call myself the whole wheel addict thing. But it's I skate, and at the same time, sometimes over what like through what I do, I end up getting people like. <laughs> I had a, a message once from PowerSlide when I, I used to, to, to do the social media, like I had to answer the messages. I had someone saying, my, my will is broken. I, I took the will, I took the will out of the skate. When I shake it, there's something loose inside. It's broken. It's the spacer. The spacer, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but this is, but for us that understand skating, this is yeah. very basic, right? My, my wife, she, she's been learning a lot about skating. And she nowadays, sometimes I'm like, wow. She, she knows everything about the products that we sell and all that stuff. But the other day she wanted to change wheels and she changes wheels and she puts the wheels on roller skates with one bearing only. Okay. And you're like, dude, this, these are very basic things for us. Yeah. That we we've been living our whole lives or for a long time with that. But a lot of people don't know. And that's a, that's when I think like, dude, we need to do something with that. Because how do I change bearings? You you type, how do I change bearings on on inline skates or on rollerblades or whatever you want to call it? And this is where I want to help. It's not just about doing like a 720 to fish brain and try to put my hand like that. I respect that. But for you to get there, you need to know that your skates yeah. need to have two bearings. You understand what I'm saying? It's, I see my, I want to be part of those people that are learning. I, I had like a little series called How to Skate for Dummies, where I teach people how to stand up and holding a pram, a baby pram or something with wheels. It's, it's very basic for a lot of us. And for you, I wouldn't see you looking for that. But, but people, maybe but you see people the, do look for it. But, but, people do, but you yeah. see that thumbnail. You see yeah. that thumbnail, you see the title, and you have a friend saying, I would love to learn how to skate. Check that video. I don't watch it, but go check that. 
Do you understand? Is, yeah, yeah. Oh no, like absolutely. I fully appreciate that because, and it's true because before there was a lot of information that we would get from magazines. Because I like what you said about changing bearings and wheels. I learned that from like a thing in the UK called Skater Mag, and it just had it had recreational stuff and aggressive stuff. But now you don't have magazines, or when you do, they're very infrequent, and they don't have that kind of information. And now that information's online, and you've created a hub for that where people, if they search for, but things, even even through that, nowadays we have a huge problem with that. And there's another place, there's another opportunity for people out there. I've been actually waiting. No one did it. I made it myself. I'm waiting. So now you go on Google. It's like how to skate. You go and you have like how to put your skates, how to choose the skates, but they're all from different people. No one has something that is actually in the same place. Yeah. You know, where's the skate courses? Everyone is doing uh, skate instructor courses, but no one is actually putting it in a place. So I actually, and all the pro skaters are making VODs. I'm putting both together. I've studied sports. I've been teaching skating my whole life. So I've made a skate course. That's what Alex, the guy that works with me, we've been doing through the okay. pandemic. I filmed it already. It's all being edited and we we're going to make out to skate like from A to Z, the whole thing there in the same place. Yes, it's paid, but you can learn everything, how to choose the skates, how to stand up, how to lace your skates. It's these type of things that for us, it makes no sense, but we're going through a pandemic. You will not find a skate instructor anywhere. Where yeah. are you going to go? And then what am I doing? I'm growing my image a bit. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying, I want to skate for the rest of my life and I will do it. And I want to be related to skating for the rest of my life. And for that, I want to work my ass off. This is my job. I created my job and I will keep on working on it. I, I will not sit here and say like, I'm good. I'll never be good. It's, it's what I love to do. I need, I need to push myself in a certain way and, I don't know. It's hard to explain. No, I know what you mean. And like, it's like, you don't want to be complacent. You're always looking for how you can improve it or how you can develop it and how you can yeah, build it. And it is really, it's funny that you mentioned that about the skate instructing thing, because obviously I bought a pair of skates off your shop for my daughter mm -hmm. last start of last year, not knowing where we're going to enter into a pandemic or was it before that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was just when we moved into this house. And no, it was already, maybe you guys weren't taking it serious. It was already in May. Um, we were yeah, in lockdown yeah, was, for two months during already. The pandemic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because we were in here. And I let her out. I brought her out skating a couple of times, just like holding her and doing it and letting her roll about and just get a feel for, because I'm like, you can't, I got excited about skating by seeing it on TV. And I was like, I want to experience that feeling. When I see that guy grind that that ledge, I want to grind that ledge. Yeah. But she had no concept of that and other than seeing me rolling around a skate park with her so i was like rolled her about a bit and she wasn't really into it so i just left them the box i was like i'm not gonna try and encourage you to love something that i love and then a couple of months ago she was like oh daddy i want to come rollerblading with you and i was like right now it's on your terms great so i would skate about with her and hold her hand and then i was like oh god i don't know how to teach her how to skate because i know how to skate i've been doing it for almost 25 years but i can't remember what it was like to start i can remember exactly. falling on my ass and it hurting but i can't remember you need how. to break in the steps yeah. every single step it's it's and then 
it's different when you're explaining it to an adult. Like if you're explaining it to a teenager, the teenager will get terms that you use. A four-year-old child does not get the terms that you use. So I kept trying to show her and I got her confident on the skates, but I couldn't figure out how to explain pushing off to her. Cause I was like, oh, well, you have to turn your leg and you have to pivot and da-da. And she was just like, and I was like, I'm not getting through to you. Let so- me give you two tips, two tips, very basic. To stand up, always get on your knees. Yeah. And to stand up, keep your hands like a penguin. Just like this. So all the basic stuff, I can explain everything except for gaining speed on the skates. I couldn't figure out how to explain it to her. So I showed her YouTube videos and the YouTube videos were just making it so much worse because there was a woman that was doing, oh, you generate speed by doing this with your feet. And I was like, you do not do that. You absolutely do. That is like you're compromising your balance. Basic. Open your, open your, like make, if you put your hands like this, you go forward. Yeah. If you put your feet like this, you go forward. If you put your feet like this, you go backwards. If you start just going like this, start moving. If you want to get speed, start closing it. The more you close, the more you roll. And, but you can explain when, when you're with a kid, you can visually explain it or in the video, you can visually explain it. But this is basically just an example. What you're saying is actually, it's very true. Yeah. There is no, a lot of times we go too complex and we go to, that's why we started this thing like out to, to do this for dummies, whatever. It's just like simplifying it the most you can. Okay. But that's pretty cool. Um, so when I've some, someone weirdly, you actually came up in conversation not that long ago and a friend of mine was like, oh, Ricardo doesn't do this for a living though. And I was like, of course, I was like, are you joking? Of course he does it for a living. Have you seen his numbers? And they were like, what? And I was like, I interviewed Nils Jansen, Nils Jansen's for Platform. And I was like, oh, how much do you make on YouTube? Yeah, I I listened to that one. And he said, oh, I make a few hundred, you know, dollars a month. And I was like, oh. And then I said to my friend, I was like, Nils makes a few hundred dollars a month. And he went, so? And I was like, Ricardo has six times as many subscribers and some of his videos have over 530,000 views. I was like, so if Nils is making 300 a month, Ricardo's doing all right. And he was like, oh yeah. Like I had to like break it down to them because people just don't think of I things have, like that. I can't, I can't, I, I, I'm open about it. No problem. I I have months that I can make close to a thousand from YouTube, but the thing is I do not use it for anything for myself. Basically what I do with the YouTube money goes back into it always either for trips or I started. That's why we got Alex, the guy that works with me. So I, before I moved to Portugal, a couple of months before I started a YouTube channel in Portuguese. I remember that. Yeah which is still going, it's right now with 4,000 subscribers. It started being monetized now. It doesn't give me basically nothing. It's not about the monetization, but I wanted to be able to communicate with the people in Portugal, in Brazil, in Angola, Mozambique. There's a couple of, that's my mother language. So for me, I had a very basic concept, which is there's always a white background. I just sit and speak about a problem. That is something that no one else was doing in that language, in this language, which is mine. So I started doing that. The whole thing is I, I reinvest every single time, like either like a couple months ago, I was buying those uh, electric skates. I was buying these shoes that when you kick, the wheels come out. There's a lot of things that people, people wouldn't spend the money because they're just, they're not good enough for us skaters. 
But at the same time, there will be people looking for that. And my goal is those things are related to skating, are close to skating. What's going to happen is someone is going to want to buy that shit because there's no other name. They're going to go to my YouTube channel because my YouTube channel, when they, when they Google that, it's going to show up. That's going to be their first video. And the next 100 is going to be it's about inline skates. Yeah. What they're going to buy? It's the exact same thing. It's like, it's what I'm doing is I try to bring more people to what we do. Either if you're an aggressive skater, a speed skater, or whatever, it's if you skate, I yeah. try to bring more people into it. And it doesn't need to always be about that. Like some people, they really want to know a bit more about the electric skates or whatever. So what? For me, I love it. I'm testing it. I love to try that yeah. type of stuff. You, and I you, don't expect You get to have fun with the product. And at the same time... And I, I don't... Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of times the brands are happy that I do it because some brands don't really have reach. And my reach, it's such a niche thing that it could be very profitable, but I don't. Like, you know, any big YouTube channel where they make the less money is actually from Google AdSense. That's where they make the less money. There's... Yeah, it is. I've, I've, I've looked, I've investigated the kind of, yeah, breaking down what you get for each ad that shows in your video and it playing to the end and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But, but if you're growing a community, you can have the merch. Like we now made a shirt, that, that new shirt that was drawn by... Yeah, the wheel Biasic added. And we all, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, we almost sold, sold out in the first day. See, that on a thing like that, you can make more... You don't make more money because you need to pay for that. But yeah. this is an example. A lot of people do that. Or I don't charge any brand ever for anything, ever. If it's a skate brand, I don't charge anything. If it's any, like, I got this thing from, what was it? There was... There is a, a teaching company. I don't really remember. I'm just being very stupid about that. One of those online courses i know what you mean yeah so yeah i don't really remember it's very stupid because i did something with them i don't i don't really remember but like with some of the if one of these brands want to do something with me i have prices that's it i i, I try to make it as professional as i can i have like a, i have my own prices and i send them like a pdf and if you want it you want it if you don't you don't i'm sorry it's I'm not going to put my pants down for you. I, I yeah, want to you, work. You're, you're not asking them for a job. They're, yeah, asking, exactly. they're asking to work with you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's if they want, they don't. They want, if they don't, they don't. It doesn't matter. But for skate brands, I never charge anything. What I always tell the brands and some people might not like that is, look, if I don't like the product, I'm not going to make a video destroying your product. I want. And I know that some people would like that. And some people might say, yeah, you're not open enough about it. Yeah. It's, I, I, I have, uh, there's a guy called D's Skate. He has a YouTube called D's Skates. D-E-E-Z. Okay. His YouTube channel has actually been growing a lot. He's over 10,000 subscribers. He's amazing. He's, main, he's a roller skater. He used to be a slalom skater. He's also from the same city that I didn't remember above San Francisco. I don't remember. Oakland? Just being stupid. No, no, above San Francisco, like in another state. Portland, I think it's ah, Portland. Right, okay. I'm not saying anything. I, if I'm or Seattle or Portland, somewhere like that, one of these two, I think. That's in the Midwest, though, so I don't know how it could be near the West. Okay, so yeah, it's Portland, maybe. probably. Probably All right. Portland. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but he actually made a video where he was talking about it, which is 
for as an example, I do love the trigger skate. I made a test with the trigger skate. But in case I didn't like the trigger skate, yeah, some people might not like the image of the skate or the whatever. But as a skate, as a product, it is a good skate for like a certain type of skating. It's amazing. But if I didn't like it, if I would make a video destroying that skate when it's the only product that that brand has, that guy, Javier, which is the owner of the brand, he's been working a lot on that. It's not fair for me to come here. And yes, what would I do? It's actually hard because then I also have my viewers and they would also feel like, yeah, but we want to know about the skate and you don't make the review. And and you don't I make the you review. Mean, I don't like, want people. Yeah, you and you, yeah, you, you don't want. What I do is I don't do the video. Community. Yeah, but you also. I don't do the video. Yeah, you don't want to destroy do a man's li livelihood. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just don't do the video. That's as simple as that. Even if you send me the product, if I don't like the product, I don't do the video. I, I don't want to destroy you. But I will be honest with you if I, if I get a product and if there's something that. I like these, but I don't like that. I'll be super open about it. But if the whole thing is negative, it didn't happen. It never happened. Yeah. There was never one product that I didn't like the whole thing. That was never, that never happened. But in case that happens, I, I appreciate example. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's important for, but I would be the first one to email the owner of the brand saying, look, this is not right. A good example with the Impala inline skates. A lot of people don't like the brand. It doesn't matter. But uh, they sent me a pair of skates to make a review. I told them, I, I said in a review, the wheels are very bad. The skate, I fully understand. It's not a skate for me. It's a beginner skate. It's more about the trendiness of it than really the quality of the skate. Yeah. But the wheels are really bad. And they saw it. And they got back to me saying like, look, we have a second edition. We're going to send them to you. Please let us know. You don't need to make a video. Let us know what you feel. What you, how do you feel about this? We changed the wheels. So it somehow feels like I'm not going to say that they changed it because of me, but at least they took the feedback, you know? Yeah, you're, you're I, helping I, them make a better product. Yeah, which is, I, that's, that's even if you don't make a video, that's valuable to them because it's better coming from one person than they sell it and you have legions of people saying, well, these are terrible quality wheels yeah. and then they get a reputation for it. So yeah, you're still providing yeah, so it's, a valuable service to them. Yeah. But I always try, this is something that I always try to do. I just try to not, I, I, it never happened, but I always, this is what I tell to every brand. And sometimes brands don't contact me. I'm the ones contacting them. I tell them like, look, I would like to review this skate. Or I would like, do you have any review units? And a lot of times they don't, or they just don't yeah. answer. Oh yeah, I, I, I've I've tried as well, and I have not went. I've not been successful once. <laughs> but no, but dude, but I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like it doesn't matter. Like helmets. Before I choose a helmet to skate with, I I I, I made. I'm not gonna say a copy paste, but I made an email. Then I adjusted to to a couple of brands. TSG they didn't give a flying fuck about a, a inline skater or whatever I am. Um, Bell and these brands I'm actually saying the name because if you're watching these just don't buy any of those brands they don't want anything to do with what we do yeah TSG Bell uh, there was a brand called Puck which is amazing they got back to me and they told me look 
And these guys were very open with me. They, they, I know their helmets are amazing. One of the best helmets on the market when it comes to protection. They told me, look, we are not trying to advertise into that sport. We really appreciate We wish you the best of luck. But these guys were very like, they told me something. They didn't ignore. Yeah. But then there's other inline skating brands that, that they don't ever even get back. And I'll just go and buy the skates. That's it. And then I'm able to do something. If I have interest on a skate, I'll buy it. Yeah, that's quite that is quite interesting. Because yeah, 